It's Friday, May 27th. Welcome to Crowdcast, the five-minute podcast where we discuss the merits of data collected by smartphone-wielding consumers on behalf of retailers and brand manufacturers. I'm your host and Moby's head of marketing, Chris Angel. We are Moby, a Boston-based mobile tech company offering consumers the chance to make a few extra bucks via our wildly popular app made for collecting custom data on behalf of the world's largest retailers and brands. This is episode two. (laughs) Okay, today uh, we are discussing the operational aspects of what it takes from from a business's perspective to launch a campaign with Moby. We're joined by Devin Kelly, our head of operations. Devin has the complex job of ensuring our businesses, our business clients get the most value from the data collected from our vast network of modern mystery shoppers. Devin, welcome to episode two. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> we are laying this track down Memorial Day weekend. Woo! Uh, we are sans uh, beverage, uh, unfortunately, for this podcast. We can change that. Yeah, we will. Um, we're excited to hear more about the work you do with our vast network of bees and what are they up to this weekend. But really, we're going to focus, I think, on sort of, you know, the operational aspects of, you know, how you interact with our clients. So you're from the Boston area. Tell us a little bit about how you made it to Moby and where you're from. And Sure. So I'm from upstate New York originally, but I came to school in Boston. I went to BC. Go Ooh, Eagles. Eagles. Um, yes, great school, love it. Um, after college, I started in market research at a company outside of Boston um, called Afanova, yeah. and that's where I really learned you know, how to write surveys, how to interact with the users that are taking the surveys, and the types of questions we need to ask and how you have to ask them. Right. So three years later, showed up at Moby, so I've been here for about two years now. Yeah. Um, started as the account manager, so I was the and still am for a lot of it, you know, the person that talks to the clients, identifies their key business objectives, what's the problem that Moby is trying to solve. And then from there, I take those bullet points, I write the the survey draft, what we call the mission draft now, and I kind of do a little bit of iteration with the client. We act as their, you know, experts. Um, But I want to make sure that we're hitting on the main points and the data that we're collecting is rolling up into some solution or some insight that shows them what is going on at the ground level at the stores that they're in. Yeah, so there's a lot in there, um, but one of the things I want to hit on, there's a couple things I want to hit on in that overview is, um, tell us first about like the overriding mission of your team, you know, your head of operations at Moby and you've got different groups sure. working under you. certainly do. Um, Really, the operations is kind of split, in, in my view at least. There's two real sides to it. One is client operations, which is where we're going to focus today. Yeah. And that's you know the team that is drafting the missions. That's the, There's three guys now that are actually creating the missions. So they're the ones that are you know programming it into the app. They're setting the stores to go live, which means that the pins will show up with those missions on the right. map. Right. And then you know, following the campaign through its timeline, so its life cycle. You know, making sure that we're on the right track to hitting the goal as we agreed upon with the client, making sure that we're communicating with the users, sending out push notifications or emails to make sure that they're aware of the missions. And then, 
you know, doing the, the client delivery dashboard. So making sure that the data is being presented in a way that the client can understand it and, and is uh, intuitive. Right. On the other side, we have our user operations. So these are really, they work very closely with our client so ops users, team. Users being Users the bees. being, yeah, the bees. So, yeah. so at Moby, for our <laughs> listening audience, we call our... Um, our mystery shoppers, our modern mystery shoppers, we call them bees, in keeping with the sort of the hive theme, the yes. mobile bee, Moby. Exactly. Yeah. So our bees, our user operations, that those are their bee operations, really. Yeah. So they're focused on keeping the community engaged. You know, we want to keep them happy. We want to answer their questions. And then there's a team that sits inside that bee operations called the validation team. And what they're doing is they look at every single piece of data that comes into our into our system to make sure that the data is correct and valid yeah. and then takes the opportunity to educate the bee on how they could do it better if there was a mistake um, or you know say good job and and yeah. give them accolades for the because our use our bees are very good about telling us when they're confused about a question so yeah. so that's it you know with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bees and the complexity there you know, that's a whole nother episode we want to do with you in the coming weeks. But let's focus on what our customers, you know, I th on the client side, I think you hear often um, from our customers about why they engage with us and having, exactly. having your functionality in the company is one reason. But I think they talk also about um, one specific example, like what do we do that, that they keep, you know, why do we win deals? What do they tell us, you know? Yeah, so oftentimes, you know, we win deals because of the types of data that we can collect versus more traditional sources. Um, you know, we're their eyes and their ears on the ground, and sometimes they just don't have enough foot people to go do that, you know, whether it be a merchandising company or their own employees. And once they work with us, the main thing that resonates with them is the flexibility of our right. team. Yeah, if a question is confusing or we're getting back a piece of data that is alerting us to oh wait maybe we should also ask this follow-up question because we weren't expecting that answer from the users right. then we'll add that in and it adds in more value for the client and as we communicate with them and we let them know what we're seeing as the campaign goes on and its life cycle continues then we work together very collaboratively to, to I, and I'll say to the client, I think we should add in this question on X or maybe this needs another answer choice because we're seeing that users are telling us in feedback, you know, that it didn't, none of the answers that they wanted to select were really the best choice. Right. And what that does is it opens it up for, you know, the client knows that we're, we're here, we're their experts and we're not just going to let their data come in and at the end of it say, here it is, bye, because yeah. we're really invested in looking at what the data is that the um, that our bees are collecting to make sure that we're answering the key business objectives for the client. Yeah. And in that life cycle, we might uncover something that the client didn't even have a hypothesis about. It wasn't even on their radar. So when we do that, it really increases the value that we provide for our clients. Yeah. And so I think that's a good point uh, around the difference between how they collect, how some of these brands and and, um, and retailers that we work with, how they traditionally collect data, which would be through mystery shopping and sort of longer term creation of surveys versus these much shorter turnaround, uh, you know, what sort of differences do you notice between those two different data collection methodologies? Sure, so the mystery shopping, traditional mystery shopping is very scripted. Um, 
you really don't get a good idea of what the typical user experience or consumer experience, I should say, would be like in the store around the entire retail experience if you're at a store like Macy's or just the brand and the path to purchase. So it's it's just very kind of rigid. Um, And what we can do is we kind of collect a bunch of different types of data at once in one mission. And it allows for, you know, other pieces of data, sales data, you know, Nielsen data, IRI data, whatever it might be to be layered on top of it. And we can cross cut it and make a ton of different insights on it. So, you know, we can ask more subjective questions. We can obviously ask the objective questions, you know, is it on the shelf? Take a photo. Um, But those photos can provide a lot more color than what the traditional mystery shop can do because you're just filling it out on a piece of paper traditionally. Yeah. So, so the customers also, so along with telling us it's our flexibility, I think is what I'm hearing in working with them, what other things do we offer to the customers in, in terms of best practices? What have we learned over the years that like specifically have helped us either retain clients or win clients or they've said, you know, we didn't think of that, you know, what are our best practices that you see every day? Certainly. Um it's it's interesting a lot of our clients don't realize that they have a bigger problem you know at the brick and mortar level yeah. than that they think so right. for example if a, if pantene pro v just to throw out a random brand yeah. is paying for a display in a store random they, maybe a customer maybe not who knows? maybe not <laughs> um they expect that every store whatever stores they're in walmart target cvs walgreens whatever it might be they expect that every single store has it And when I say to the client, based on the things that I've learned in two years of seeing, you know, what types of data come back from IRBs, and when I say to them, we have to ask the question, can you find the display? And they answer to me, well, it's always there. I know it's there. You'd be very surprised. So once we kind of act as that, you know, even though the questions might seem trivial or elementary at first, it uncovers a lot of different data. And then, you know, we're kind of act as the experts for making it in layman's terms so we've gotten pretty good at explaining you know what an end cap is or how shelf blocking and adjacency what does that mean it doesn't mean anything to the typical person so we act as that person that we we break everything down so from the one key business objective which might be you know evaluate the effect of the you know the signage on the display or the pricing on the display or the makeup of the display on our sales we can't just, we have to break that down into what becomes 12 questions. Right. Um, and then you can really look at each piece of data and does it have an effect or not versus just having kind of a direction to go in at right. the end of the day. Um, so it sounds like there's a couple of things in there. One is it's, it's formulating the right um, stage of questions or, or staging the questions properly, but also wording them in a, in the, in a language that, that the people right. would understand. And our clients are really, that's, that's totally right. Uh, additionally, our clients are really into not keeping one of our bees in the store for too long, which yeah. is really key. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. What, what's a typical, what do you, what's a best practice? Best practice is no, no more than 20 questions. Uh, yeah. You don't want a user sitting in there for that long. Right. Cause, and it, it gets awkward as the person, as yeah. the oh, person definitely. completing the mission and you're standing in, in front of a shampoo aisle or... Right something more sensitive, you know, maybe (laughs) for 20 minutes, you start to feel uncomfortable and there's employees looking at you. So what you do is you just start racing through the mission and you hit accept and your data's not good anymore. So we are very, very sensitive to telling the client, 
you know, I would not push it. I would not push the limits. We don't want to do right. that because we don't want to risk the, the quality the of the data rate. that we're yeah. giving to our clients. Yeah, no, that's, that's really important. I'm sure, are there, are there any other best practices? It sounds like, you know, question creation, staging the questions, um, timing. How about like photos? Like what, what kinds of things have we learned around images? We, you don't want to take a bunch of images in, in, a, in a mission as well. Um, we really want to get, what we, what we try to start at is what I, it's kind of a funnel, a photo funnel. So you get the wide angle of the category, whatever category you're asking about. Yeah. And then you kind of can zoom in to the actual client's product and what it looks right. like on the shelf um, for a brand that is. And so what that does is it gives the client a greater understanding of not only how their planogram looks in a certain store, but what are the category adjacencies? Like is shampoo next to conditioner or is it next right. to hair dye? Right. Or is it next to something that doesn't make sense at all? Right. Um, and then it really gives like, you'd be surprised at how many clients will be like, oh, that's not shelved correctly or that's not where we pay to be. And right. the photos hold so much data and color in it that it, they're really important to clients. You don't want to overload them because you can give them analysis paralysis. Right. Um, but what clients do a lot, all the time, they'll, they'll pull our photos and bring them to somebody else in their organization or one of their suppliers that they're working with and, and it's armor, or I'm sorry, it's ammunition. Right, it's, yeah. hey, I know you're doing this wrong and just saying that anecdotally, people are gonna go, no, no, not, it's fine. Right. And then you say, no, look at this photo. It's in this store, it's date and time stamped at this address. It's, it's a real powerful form of ammunition, even though it doesn't have you know, numbers behind it. Right. Um, well, and, and ironically, we have um, one of our uh, larger customers happens to be in the, let's say, a video imagery business, um, global brand. Right. And they're using us a lot for those photos, aren't they? they in, in, totally. And, and they have. They're currently using a, you know, a, a massive um, sort of merchandising company but weren't getting the level of data that we're providing. Is that what I understand? Yes. I think you just came back. Yeah, so we guys. just came back from, from a meeting uh, in their headquarters and some of their feedback was, you know, the data that we're providing for them that is behind the photos and it is powering the photos um, is far superior than anybody that they've seen. And the fact that they can, they can tell that we care about the data and we care about the quality that's coming out is a major reason that they decided to go with us versus somebody else out yeah. there. Well, I've, also, I've said when, I, when we made the first sort of set of feature sets for the company and, and battle cards, we talked about Dev and your team being, you know, an advantage. And I think clearly you've described with that advantage to our customers. So I think they feel safe knowing you're here, you're, you're a source for them. Um, so I thank you for joining us. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, I think we hit on those those interesting points like the comfort the cu customers uh, feel, you know, the best practices. I think we could do a whole other podcast about that alone mm. and the amount of responsibility in your department. And uh, we want to have you back. If we can schedule you, we'd love to have you back. Pretty talk, busy. Talk about, the, talk about the bees. No, I mean, just to add on to that client comfort, yeah. one last thing is you yeah. know, crowdsourcing is, is kind of a new idea to, to a lot of our clients. Oh, that's a good so, point, right? they really don't know they're kind of we could be the blind leading the blind but we're not we're leading the blind and we know exactly what we're doing and that adds to that comfort level and once yeah. we show them exactly how we work and 
it's new. the types of data that they're going to get out of it, it's they feel they feel a lot better because it can be hard to, to change up your ways from traditional mystery shopping or whatever they used in the past to using a crowdsourced uh, option. Yep. Well, thank you again. I, I totally agree. And we're, we've got so much here to talk about on the next podcast. But as a reminder, uh, thank you again, Devin. As a reminder, this is Moby. Get Moby.com for more information or follow us on Twitter at Moby Retail and Moby App. Thank you. Thank you.